The history of television is a history of failure. For every television series that lasted years and years, there were dozens that lasted only one season or less. But did they deserve to die? Or were they... Cancelled too soon? Welcome back to Cancel Too Soon, the podcast where we review television series that lasted only one season or less. My name is William Bibiani. I'm a film critic for the internet, and everybody calls me Bibbs. Hello, internet film critic. I, too, am an internet film critic. Oh, you're nice. I, I publish, the, well, other people publish my words. Mm. And sometimes I say things that are of vague passing interest. My name is Whitney Seibold. <laughs> <laughs> really I, undersell I do, yourself. I do have a name. Um, yeah, you know, I write for, we both write for IGN. Mm. I also write for The Wrap. We both write for the newly uh, released website, criticallyacclaimed.net, where you can find all of mm. our work, all of our podcasts, all of our appearances. Mm. Um, we've got exclusive content and, on there. And, a, and as a reminder... And special special thanks to William for doing all that, by the way. Oh, well, he's, if he's, he, he's had the time during the day to put together this website, and he and, kind of hasn't had the time during the day. So. Well, it's... And, and to to be fair, it's not a particularly complicated website. We will hopefully redesign it somewhere down the road, but we just wanted something simple, Where something you, clean. You could something... Find, find all of our stuff without having to like sniff around to various outlets. Um, but if you uh, are a Patreon subscriber, thank you very much. If you are not a Patreon subscriber yet, at patreon.com slash cancel too soon, in addition to getting our bonus podcasts, the Cancel Too Soon monthly movie, and only the best, where we review uh, every single Best Picture nominee in history in order, uh, we the, also have... Those, those are monthly podcasts. Those are monthly podcasts. We also have a recently added uh, a tier where you can sponsor articles at criticallyacclaimed.net. We will write the articles you want us to write. Uh, and that is available at the low, low price of $10 a month. Provided it falls within the rules of sanity. Like There, there are a few stipulations, <laughs> and it's only two per year, one per host, uh, which averages out to less than we would normally get paid at other outlets. So it does work out. Uh, but uh, thank you, everybody, who has already submitted your assignments. We've, we've already started working on them. We're trying to get to them as much as possible in the order in which they were received. So, so uh, we, we apologize for any waits or delays. Yeah, we, um, we, we, we can't pump them out every and, single day, but we're working on them as we speak. And there was, a, I did get an article that required me to watch a whole season of television, and that's mm-hmm. going to take me a, a little while to get through all that TV. Exactly. It's, it's so a show I haven't seen before. A lot of stuff we're trying mm-hmm. to do for you, because when you think about it, think of how many articles, think of how, many, how much content you see online that you look at and just go, eh. We can make the stuff you want to make. So yeah, thank yeah. you everybody for helping out. But enough of that. <laughs> enough. We, but we have a, we have quite a jewel. Oh and, yeah, and it is a glittering pink jewel, ladies and gentlemen. Oh yes, we we uh, have made a commitment this year to do more comedy and do more animation. And today we're going to do more animation. And one of the time periods I think everyone is most familiar with in American animation is the 1980s, when TV shows, animated TV shows, which were mostly commercials for toys, flourished, and and basically burrowed into the brains of an entire generation, who took them really seriously, even if the shows weren't good. And are are taking them now to Hollywood, and and rebooting them, and reworking them. And so a lot of the things that you and I grew up with haven't gone away. Yeah, they haven't vanished into the vernacular. They're yeah, like, still, like the, the stuff kids loved in the fifties. Uh, not a lot of it's still around. The sixties, not a lot of it's still around. The seventies, more so. Eighties onward, they don't go away. They yeah, really I, just burrowed in. Because yeah, we're we're only thirty years afield from the nineteen eighties, and yeah. we're still trying to live down that legacy. And I'm wondering if we'll ever sh- like forward shift to the nineties. I hope so. Because I there's got to come a time when people mm. who are like alive now, born in the last couple of decades, just don't relate that much to that content mm. and see that the sort of rehashes of that content, a lot of it isn't good enough to keep their attention yeah. anymore, so we don't need that stuff. No, but we we finally made it around to the 1990s in terms of the Marvel movies. True. The whole Infinity Gauntlet story was the an early 90s story, so maybe we'll just keep on moving forward. I've noticed this about nostalgia, though. First of all, it's being made by guys our age, essentially. Mostly, men, men, yeah. men and women our age who are 
you know, we grew up with this stuff. It's very important. Then they take it to the next generation and they make more. Mm. My Little Pony becomes My Little Pony Friend- Friendship is Magic. A better show, I would say. It, it is. Significantly, <laughs> um, yeah. But it's, it all started in, a, in an attempt to sell plastic toys to young children. I've noticed that since the birth of the internet, though, the nostalgia that we've been focusing on and the stuff we've been repackaging is all from before the invention of the internet. I'm trying. To, it, I'm yeah. trying to think of a, like a hot property that has been rebooted since the invention of the internet, and the only one I could come up with was Saw, because there was Jigsaw, which was technically that wasn't Saw. A, that it wasn't, wasn't a reboot. It wasn't that a was, reboot, though. It was a continuation. It was, was really Saw Eight. That wasn't a reboot. But yeah. I, I think it's a way of keeping pop culture clear in our heads. Focusing on Hannibal. 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 Uh, the Hannibal Lecter franchise. The books preexisted, but like the Hannibal, the popular version of Hannibal Lecter, well, the, so that, that Anthony was, Hopkins. That was the nineties. That was that was before the explosion of the internet. That was before what, the what, internet. What do you count as the explosion of the internet? Maybe nineteen ninety five or 96 okay okay that's just under the yeah just under the uh, wire wire. so and i think what the internet did was kind of fracture and scatter and uh remove focus out of pop culture Mm. we weren't able to look at any one thing anymore it was sort of like blurring our vision of everything there was too much content now to suddenly focus on then all of a sudden we had you know 800 cable stations Mm. there's just too much to sift through now just that's new yeah so the reason reboots have become so uh so vogue isn't just because they're trying to get people our age who remember things fondly i think it's a way of keeping culture sort of within the bounds kind of drawing a circle around it and saying these are the things that are important so we're going to keep on going back to these just because we need the tent poles to keep our vision straight but what i think is interesting about the show that we're going to talk about Mm -hmm. today is that in the 80s if you were a popular children's property you had certain things you had mm-hmm. the toys uh and you had uh, uh a show yeah that was that was the two things you had you came even bad even the, bad toys had had shows the t- even good shows had bad toys the toy was typically invented first and yes. the show was built around the products they could sell but every once in a while it worked the other way around mm-hmm. uh gi joe predated the gi joe television series quite true. significantly um and in the case of this one this is one of the rare instances in which there is a hugely successful toy that didn't really have an animated series to speak of. Mm-hmm. There were an, there have been animation and there have been like straight to video movies, but like as an animated series, there's no super popular television series based on Barbie. But there was a two part pilot called Barbie and the Rockers. The latest, the greatest, new dancing Barbie and the Rockers with cats! Dancing stars, the Rockers, we move! Dana, Dee Dee, Steve, yeah! Barbie and the Rockers, the girls really dance! When Barbie asked me to join the band, he said, that's cool. Okay, that that was the commercial. Yeah, because here's the thing with Barbie and the Rockers. They made two animated shows, one of which was called Barbie and the Rockers, and the other one was called Barbie and the Sensations. And then they were eventually packaged together as Barbie and the Rockers, colon, out of this world. Uh, they were actually, they were, uh, Barbie and the Rocks, uh, Barbie and the Rockers rocking back to Earth was another one. Mm-hmm. Barbie and the Sensations rocking back to Earth. They didn't know what the hell to do with this because they had made two episodes of this proposed animated series based on Barbie in which she was a rock star. It was kind of made uh, in... Sort of in response to the sudden popularity of Gem and the Holograms, the animated series and the toy line. Well, Gem and the, and Gem and the Holograms was that Barbie came out of Mattel. Uh, it was a, yes. a very, very popular Mattel product since the 1950s. It was oh, yeah. one of the most popular commercial dolls uh, for of, of, of the 20th century of, of the 20th century for for a girl audience. And there were there were dolls for boys, but they were called action figures. Uh. <laughs> what boy would stoop to playing with a doll? Um, and Hasbro, in response to the popularity of Barbie, decided to come up with a competing product. Mm-hmm. So they did uh, what all of the toy lines were doing in the, in the 80s, which was invent a toy and create a show around it. And they came up with Gem and the Holograms, mm-hmm. which was a, kind of a science fiction-y version of Barbie. Did you watch Gem and the Holograms? I, 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 I encourage I, you to watch a couple episodes I before caught, we saw this. I caught whiff of Gem and the Holograms. I've gone back and I, try, I tried. I tried. <laughs> it's... 
Gem and the Holograms. It's hard. It's a hard watch. I was a fan of Gem and the Holograms when I was a kid. Mm. Uh, the the show, not so much the toys. Um, and I've rewatched a lot of Gem and the Holograms, the animated series, when around the time when they put out that movie, mm. which nobody liked except me and Whitney. <laughs> I think it's a fine film. I think it has problems, but I think it's perfectly charming, and mm. we we were all a little hard on it, but. Mm. Uh, that's neither here nor there. The Gem and the Holograms TV series was a very weird program about a, a young girl who lives at an orphanage and she finds out that her dead father bequeathed her a giant hologram machine mm. that can like project itself through her kick-ass earrings and then she could turn herself into a sexier version of herself that becomes a rock star and like has competing rock shows with bands like the Misfits, who were their but, arch nemeses, that, and saved that, the world. But what was neat about that, it... That's not, that's not Glenn Danzig's The Misfits, by the way, no. which would have been an awesomer show, by yeah. the way, if it was just The Misfits. But it's it's a different band. Like another... Yeah. another Like a punk band. Vaguely, with like, vaguely more sinister new wave band. Yeah, yeah. And they would have... They would, like, drive around, like, the, the, the office of their agent on their motorcycles that looked like guitars. They were totally bad. <laughs> These flying V-shaped motorcycles. But what was interesting about Jen was that it was actually, at least for the time, it was kind of an interesting, noteworthy show. It was a serialized program with cliffhangers mm-hmm. and soap opera dynamics and ongoing multi-episode story arcs. Which, which was atypical for these types of shows. It was very unusual, and it's easy to see what people got really wrapped up in it because... You know, watching it today, it seems somewhat rudimentary compared to a lot of the kids' shows we have now. At the time, there wasn't a lot like that, and it was easier to just sort of really lose yourself in it and enjoy it. Um, it it's a crap show, by the way. I, I like it fine, <laughs> it's, it's but it's crap show. I think it's interesting regardless. I can describe with enthusiasm Gem and the Holograms, but I'm not going to run to its defense in terms of its quality. Fair enough. But what happened was uh, Mattel decided, okay, well, this Gem thing is doing well. We're going to do a Barbie tour toy line called Barbie and the Rockers. In, in Europe, it was called Barbie and the Rock Stars. Uh, pfft, I don't know why. Uh, and uh, it was basically what it sounds like. It's Barbie, Which, uh, she's a rock star, all of the other toys in the line are fellow rock stars. That they is come the, with guitars. the worst name for a backup band, by the way. Mm. I'm Barbie, and these are the Rockers. So, Barbie, are like, you not rocking? Is that what you're telling us? Well, I mean, you have a backup band. You're, you want them to have, like, you know, Prince, and this is the revolution. Uh, you know, whatever it is, Lester McFlap and the players to be named you later, was, you know, whatever it is you have. You know what I was thinking the other day and it really pissed me off? Mm. I was thinking about, because we recently reviewed Ocean's 8 yeah. and talked a lot about the Ocean's 11 series on our other podcast, Critically Acclaimed. Ocean's 11. There are 11 of them. Mm. Shouldn't it be Ocean's 10? Because there's Ocean and his Yeah, 10. Ocean is that guy. He's he's not, well, there, he there doesn't were, own himself. He there, is himself. There were 12 main characters, right? No! In addition to George there were, Clooney, there were eight Oceans Eight. Okay. There were eleven Oceans Eleven. Mm. They can't do that. You, it's you Oceans can, Seven and Oceans you know Ten. What? Dave Matthews. Dave Matthews is in Dave Matthews Band. <laughs> okay, he's, it's not Dave he's, Matthews is his father. <laughs> Uh, I don't know if that's true. You can name the band after yourself with that with the apostrophe s with the genitive case, and that's okay. That's acceptable grammar. Oceans eight can include ocean as well. And, and Barbie, it's Barbie, fine. Barbie, Barbie, and the Rockers. Barbie is... and the Rockers. You can separate it if you like. I'm just saying it's a really crappy name for a backup band. Uh, there was a really fantastic uh, headline, like it was a headline in like a health magazine where they interviewed mm-hmm. Shailene Woodley. Oh, yeah. And the title of the article was Shane Lee Woodley and the Benefits of Eating Clay. And that sounds like a really great like 90s grunge band to me. Shane Lee. I'm Shailene Woodley and these are the benefits of eating clay. The um the Barbie and the Rockstars, you, you can look it up on YouTube. We we just played one for you. There's mm. a lot of like commercials out there for various playsets, various hangouts. Mm. But they would also come with a soundtrack cassette. Uh, yeah, um, and, and if you have one of those cassettes, you might be able to get a, a pretty penny like 10 bucks for it on ebay yeah i mean like it's probably worth hanging on to it but like and they had some original songs uh they had a cover of bobby freeman's do you want to dance um it it was a uh mostly covers but a few originals and uh a lot of people a lot of people actually did not remember this show 
Mm-hmm. But they remembered the soundtrack. When I announced that we were doing this online, a lot of people were like, oh my God, I still have that that cassette somewhere. <laughs> that's incredible. And I listened to that over and over and over again. So that's really cool. Um, so, did, did you have any cassettes like that that came with your toys? Uh, I had some like read-along Star Wars cassettes. Like, okay. turn the page to see how Han Solo gets out of this one. I, I had a, a 45 RPM record with a He-Man adventure on it. I had, I had a, a, a musical cassette of the Care Bears that came with one of my Care Bears I had toys. a record from that weird mini mouse TV special with Elton John. Oh, golly. That was good. That was there weird. was good stuff on there. Oh, you know what? There was a toy line. For, I think it was from the like a little bit after Barbie and the Rockers called Spiral Zone. And we might be able to talk about Spiral Zone. I don't remember some, Spiral Zone at all. Bizarre, post-apocalyptic, good guys versus evil weird. mutants. Yeah, all have giant cannons on their backs toy. Mm. And each one of the characters came with an audio adventure starring that character, like an original radio play cassette mm-hmm. that that's a good idea it's a good idea i'm i'm sh- i'm sure they all sucked i remember it being exciting but i was 10 what did i know barbie and the rockers came with its own rock cassette so yeah it was this entire cross product promotional line that's kind of the only way we can talk about barbie and the rockers because that's all a lot of these cartoons from the 80s were were, were elaborate commercials yeah, yeah. So, uh so, what so happens- the cartoon itself makes no sense so uh deke entertainment and saban productions which did a ton of content Every- everything yeah. you watched if you watched any cartoons from 1985 they to they teamed up with mattel and they made these two half hour specials it's a two-parter there's a cliffhanger in the middle um, they apparently aired in syndication, but they were also released in 1987 via High Tops Video, mm-hmm. which is probably how most people saw them. Uh, this was going to be a pilot for a cartoon that would have aired Monday through Friday, but uh, the uh, supposedly the negotiations between Deke and Mattel just fell through and it never got made. And having watched the show, I get it. Mm. I, I see why this one didn't take <laughs> off. Because remember how I said that, like, Gem and the Holograms was, like, full of crazy, weird hologram stuff and mm. huge overplotting and romance storylines? They had two episodes of Barbie and the Rockers, and almost nothing happens. Except they go back in time, which is kind of significant. You would think that would be a thing, though, and it's well, really not. And I think all of the problems with Barbie and the Rockers stem from the fact that Barbie herself uh, has defined herself by how she's not defined. Mm. She's never had one one significant personality. Jem has a backstory. You know who she mm-hmm. is. She was. She has a dead father. She has this technology. She has stage she, fright. She, yeah, there she you doesn't go. want she, to go on stage as herself. She has qualities, is my point. Barbie has no qualities, so you can play with a Barbie doll and make her into whatever you wanted. Barbie. So she's a veterinarian, and mm-hmm. she's also a rocket scientist, and she's also a housewife, and she's also a fashionista, and mm-hmm. she's rich. She's not so rich. She, you know, for she's, all of Barbie's, she's various races. She can be whatever she wants to for, be. For, Barbie was kind of created and sold as some sort of ideal. And a lot of people have had a lot of criticism of Barbie over the years, particularly in terms of her idea of the physical ideal, which, yeah, that really needs to be addressed. Mm -hmm. And that's a problem. That's a problem a lot of toys Mm -hmm. have had over the years, but Barbie kind of is the poster person for that. Yeah. Uh, And and the ironic thing is Mattel has tried to diversify and they've tried to change her body type. And whenever they do sales drop really sharply. Yeah. So they bring back the old body type and they go right back up again. Yeah. It's really weird. You know, audience, you know, audiences, uh, the, the consumers are demanding one thing, but I guess other consumers aren't buying it. So yeah, Mm. it's, it's difficult to say. So when we have Barbie getting her own show, they don't really put Barbie in trouble. They don't give Mm. her a problem to solve. She is already perfect at the beginning of Barbie and the rockers, Barbie and her band, the rockers, Mm. which consists of other people, including two Ken's, there's like three other Barbies and two other Kens. Like the yeah. other characters have just as much personality as she does. And, and I love it because like one of them is clearly Ken. He's he's yeah, got a he, strong jaw and the blonde hair and that. He is the Ken. He's yeah. the Ken. And then there's a brunette Ken. And I'm sorry, they're both Ken. And every <laughs> single time, literally every you know single time either Ken said anything in the show, mm-hmm. my knee-jerk response, and I just said it aloud, was, shut up, Ken. <laughs> shut up, Ken. You're not, you're not contributing anything, Ken. Well, you know what? Maybe this was oh, an, an attempt to approximate what it's like to play with those toys. Because you have a Barbie, you get Ken, you want more men in this scenario. There's a lot of female characters in the Barbie universe. Yeah. 
But I think there's just Ken. Maybe there's like a Brian or a Blake or he has Chad a name or something. I looked it up. I already forgot. It was such a generic but character. Typically, if you want another male character in your Barbie play scenarios, you just have to buy another Ken. So you essentially have Ken and his clone. So the cartoon is approximating that. You have Ken and you have Kenneth. Ken. <laughs> Ken and Kenneth. Ken and Kenneth. Shut up, Kenneth. <laughs> so Barbie Sorry. Barbie is the most popular rock star in the world. And we open with a big musical number. It's fine. And then we people it, are like it, it's boring, boring generic pop. The, the music. most like the worst, most generic pop you could imagine. And then the problem mm. that needs to be solved, the impetus for the plot is people say, Hey Barbie. What You've you? just done literally everything a human could possibly do. Uh-huh. What's she going to do next? Uh-huh. And Barbie says, I can't tell you yet, but it's going to be out of this world. Wink. Turns out Barbie already has a plan. She's going to perform the first rock concert in space. Yeah. They, they build like a, a it looks a lot like the ones from that Starfleet build in the Star Trek movies. Mm-hmm. Just those big like space stations. And she's going to perform on it. And that's it. That's the whole show. There's like, they go to like dinner and then they do a big musical number and they do a dance. And the dance is hilarious because the dance is designed to be a dance that the Barbie dolls could perform. That's the thing. (laughs) Without a lot of bending knees. There's no bending knees and no bending arms. They look like they're a flock of spitfires. They're just, they're (laughs) just flailing a little bit. So they just sort of walk around a little bit and occasionally extend both arms akimbo. You know what? And that's it. That's minimal physical movement. And I love it because at the end of the song. Maybe they had like little kids play with the toys and then just rotoscoped the animation. I wouldn't be surprised. But what I love about it is after all of this minimal physical movement, and I think the song is Do You Want to Dance? There is a shot of them all panting heavily, like yeah, as if <sighs> as if that was the hardest thing in the world for them to do. <sighs> They're in awful shape, <sighs> apparently. <laughs> My God, that's why you don't eat all that plastic? Uh, so they're gonna they go to space in a pink. Pink shuttle. Space shuttle. And I'm watching this with my wife, Michelle, and she's having none of this shit. She's watching it like, that space shuttle wouldn't be pink. It's just going to get burned off. That's a lot of paint. Every single ounce of weight on that ship is important if you want to go into space. And I'm like, well, let's write a sternly worded letter. (laughs) Yes, bro. This is some bullshit. To this animated special from 30 years ago. I don't know if they had a Barbie space shuttle you could buy. I bet they did. You know what? I don't think there has been a Barbie really, space shuttle. There, there, how could there not? There be? have Come been on. various makes and models of cars. There have been boats and yachts and stuff, but I don't think there's ever been a Barbie space shuttle. I'm looking up. Barbie I could be space wrong. Shuttle. Uh, as as a, a child who was male in the 1980s, mm-hmm. uh, I didn't typically go down that aisle at Toys R Us. Sure. Uh, just because I was trained not well, to. Well, there was astronaut Barbie. That I know, I know the there thing. was an astronaut Barbie. I remember astronaut Barbie, but yeah. I don't think she came with her own shuttle. The shuttle apparently was only for the show. Okay, near as I can tell. So there you go. It looks like a dildo. <laughs> I'm sorry. That's all space shuttles look like dildos. I I, I guess all so. space shuttles space rockets look like are, are awfully phallic, but when you color yeah. it pink, it only highlights that. Fair enough. They go into space mm. and they land on their space station, mm. and they, they are, float around for a little bit. No, but here's the thing, though. There's gravity on the space station, and then there's no gravity for a couple of minutes so they can do a musical number, mm. and then there's gravity again. And I'm just like, pick a science fiction! Pick one! You know what? They have artificial gravity, and they can turn it on or turn it off at their whim. Just for funsies? Yeah. Oh, you have to get your makeup on? We'll just turn off the artificial gravity. This, will be, this is a fun little trick we play on new people in space. That's, Yoink! That's the one thing about most science fiction that they just never bother to ag- address. Oh, we just have... Gravity generators. Yeah. Really? That's like the most revolutionary piece of technology ever. Just you can generate gravity. Yeah. You could like create worlds with that technology. And and uh, uh, we're using them for ships. And yeah, we're using that just so we can walk on the floor. There's a great uh, there's a great comic book, and I don't remember what issue it was, but it had Spider Man meeting the X Men villain Sauron, and Sauron was basically a pterodactyl dude. And I remember Sauron. And they, uh, the storyline was Sauron was turning people into dinosaurs. And mm. Spider-Man says, you have the ability to change DNA on the fly? <laughs> you could do anything with that. You could cure cancer. And Sauron says, but I don't want to cure cancer. I want to, ma- I want to turn people into dinosaurs. <laughs> Fair enough. Bulletproof logic. <laughs> Just, okay. Because I'm 12 years old and I don't care. Because I'm an ass. Anyway, Barbie has 
their concert and Barbie and the Rockers concert is for world peace. Mm-hmm. Here's the thing I love about the Barbie and the Rocker special when it comes to the topic of world peace. And world peace was a goal mm-hmm. that a lot of cartoons really heavily leaned into. Yeah, well, because it's it, was, it was during the Cold War. It was in the news. Absolutely. And I totally get it. But it's also the kind of thing that any adult knows is completely unattainable. And we need to have well, more manageable goals. It, it, it may be attainable through like many, many generations of careful diplomacy. Right. It can't be achieved through a rock concert. And yet, and Barbie yet, and the Rockers. And here's, they, or, or by signing a treaty at the end of White House Down. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> they just threw that in at the last... We love White House Down White so House much. Down is so friggin' good. Barbie and the Rockers, they have their big world, uh, world peace thing, and we cut to everyone in the world, like every city, every country in the world, mm. and it's full of cliches. Everyone in Hawaii is wearing hula skirts or something, mm. and like, and they're just... They're all just watching her, mm-hmm. like at the end of Bill and Ted's Bogus Journey. They're all just watching. Yeah. But here's the thing: we're gonna we're gonna have world peace. You know what they never show in Barbie and the Rockers? Any sort of conflict. Like a, you never yeah, see no conflict like, is you never well, see like people in a war zone like killing each other, and then they see Barbie in their concert and go, "Oh." Well, and there's no conflict for Barbie herself, and I think that might have been the show's goal: is to present a show that is. So benign that they're not going to write like that. that they're not going to write any sort of conflict into it. Mm-hmm. Uh, Barbie is a character without conflict. She is complete the way she is. She is personality free. You can project whatever you like, and all she does is benevolent things. Mm-hmm. She is an angel. She is God. Barbie is God, a, a benevolent God who is granting peace onto the world. She is essentially uh, she's not God. She's Jesus Christ. She's God made flesh. She's come down to grant world peace on the world. Okay. And (laughs) when you have that as the premise of your show, when she has no personality and there's no conflict, there's no real reason to watch the show. It's like we're seeing dramatized the happily ever after, after the conflict has already been resolved in a previous series. Yeah, and and here's the thing. That story has actually been told really well. There's a Preston Mm. Sturgis movie called The Palm Beach Story I'm really really fond of, Mm. and it opens with the ending of another screwball comedy, and it says, and then they lived happily ever after, and then the movie begins, and it shows how happily ever after also has problems. Here, you're right. Everything is super perfect, like the world of Barbie that works as a toy, as a show, as an ongoing show, it's death. There's nothing. Well, I'm wondering if, if you're... There's nowhere to go. If you're a child and you're playing with... We your, have world peace in episode one! If you're playing with your Barbie toys, you know, maybe in your play, Barbie might have a little conflict. Oh no, I'm running late for dinner. Or, you know, you're going to mm-hmm. get into a minor quibbles over to which dress looks the best. Or, but, if, or if you have more imagination than yeah. that. Oh, Barbie has to isolate this nucleotide. You know, like something. Oh, yeah, yeah. You know, oh, like, oh no, there's a dinosaur in the dream house. Yeah, whatever it is you're going to do. Like, the limit is only your imagination. If, if all you have is sort of the Barbie playset and you're only playing with the Barbie playset, you're not going to have a lot of conflict. It's not designed for argument. So when you're porting that into cartoon form... Would an audience member be disappointed if they added conflict? Like all of a sudden, Barbie, like Barbie and Ken are on the outs, and they're just not getting back together again. <laughs> we had, like we, they, they, we ran into that starts, problem with the Muppets. It starts with yeah, when Bar- we did the Muppet Show, the new Muppet right, Show, right, right. where like, Kermit and Miss Piggy began the show at odds, broken up, and mm-hmm. it was weirdly dissatisfying. Yeah, it seems yeah. like the sort of thing you'd want, but you can sustain that for a movie serialized. Mm-hmm. You kind of just want them to. The so, way they are, and eventually they they worked reworked the show so their relationship was a lot more amenable. But, but the difference yeah. there is that Kermit and Miss Piggy, the way that they are, already has conflict. It's they always have, been yeah. They don't have the, their personalities are constantly odd because yeah. they have a lot of personality. They, they clearly care about each other, but they also are really abrasive to each other, and they're kind of mismatched mm-hmm. in a lot of ways. So you can get conflict out of that. Like the I Love Lucy was the same way. Lucy and Ricky mm-hmm. love each other; they are, have a happy marriage, but, but they're, they're married, both big in opposite ways. Yeah, yeah. they both they run into the same conflicts over and over and over again and there really isn't any conflict in Barbie uh, on, uh, I think this last episode of Critically Acclaimed someone sent us an email asking us to talk about why critics are so hung up on character development why do stories need to have character development this is why because if they're just fully formed there's nowhere to go so you end up having to give character development to other characters at least right and here the other characters 
shut up, Ken. Like, there's nothing. <laughs> there's nothing. There's, there's also the other rockers and the they, other. Rockers. There's, there's no even, impression. They do nothing. They contribute it's like, nothing. You've seen Purple Rain. There's a lot of conflict in Purple Rain, but there's not a lot of story in Purple Rain. The big, sure. the big conflict is, am I going to play my band's song? And he does, and it's Purple Rain, and it's great. Sure. But, you know, at least the band had something to go for, and, so, like, there was a conflict between the band and the lead singer. Nothing here. They get along great. They're always on the same page. They rehearse. They just all... They know the songs already. They're not musicians. Like, they don't have any sort of creative... I don't know who's you, writing these songs. You never, you never see them write a song. Or, or, like, or like Barbie or, 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 says this is our new song, but we never see the... We never see them get, like, completely wasted and wake up in a room that's, like, half of it was clearly on fire five yeah. hours ago. I'd love to see a room. to, like, a tape recorder that says, I can get no satisfaction on it. Like, <laughs> you never see those moments. Or, or cut away to, like, three 55-year-old men with cigarettes, like, locked in a room saying, oh, geez, what, what rhymes with love again? Oh god. <laughs> the Shazamiter. The Daddy O. <laughs> what 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 are the kids talking about these days? Oh, oh yeah. Love, I guess. I, I don't, don't know. know. I don't know. Give, uh, give me more scotch. I can't handle this anymore. Uh, and one of them like hands the cassette to Barbie and dies of cirrhosis on the spot. <laughs> so at the end of the concert, they go off back home and they run into the fucking Peabody and Sherman Time Nexus. It's a portal filled with clocks. Yep, it's it's the time tunnel. They're playing music and they go inside tur- a portal filled with clocks. It, it turns out their machine was the Wayback Machine, and they fall through a space portal. And that's the end of episode one. That's the end of, end of episode one. Episode two, which again was sometimes called Barbie and the Sensations, is they end up in the 1950s. 1959 specifically. Yeah. And you would think that would be interesting. <laughs> well, you would think. You would think. And here, here's the thing. I've watched too much Star Trek to... There's uh, no to, such thing. Pardon? Too much Star Trek? I've watched so, so much Star Trek that Better. were I to be thrown through a portal in time, I would be way too sensitive about causality to do anything. Yeah. Like, I'd hide in an alley and not interact with anybody until I starved to death, and I'd still worry about what my bones would say yeah. to, like, future generations. Yeah. Uh, Barbie doesn't care. Barbie writes songs that haven't been written yet. She, you know, brings tells to, everyone tells, she's from the tells everybody she's from the future. Tells everybody that things are going to be great. Mm-hmm. What you're going to have, how to build it. She essentially gives fire to the cavemen. Yeah, and they uh, and then they help her get back home. Yeah, and they the I I was able to get a video, and if you check our Facebook page, I posted it of the one line of hard science that they try to put into this. Okay, about how the portal worked. I missed it. Tell me, the portal was activated by her music. You see, uh, like she was able to reach out into the like the sonic oscillating frequencies of the universe with her music and tore open a hole in reality. So it's it like, was so it's that like, good. It's like that device from uh, Masters of the Universe. The movie. yeah, it's like the yeah. what was it? The cosmic key or whatever. The cosmic it was called. key. Yeah, the, the cosmic key, key and it yeah. played harmonic vibrations and was able to vibrate with the vibrations of the universe. Yeah, and of so, course we'll never get back to Eternia because we because can't remember twelve notes. Who could remember such a thing? I can remember yeah, it's, twelve it's like, notes. It's like a single chord, and it's like with a finite. <laughs> it's not like eighteen billion notes playing at once. Yeah, it's, it's, not, like, it's not an overture. It's, <laughs> it's an it's an early Beatles riff. It's yeah. not complicated. <laughs> That's why every time you hear "Drive My Car," the universe changes. Yeah. Uh, yeah, so he said that if the planets are perfectly aligned, that's when the the universe is vibrating a certain frequency, and if you play your Barbie and the Rocker song at the same time, you'll reopen the same rift. And, and Cthulhu will come out yeah, and kill us all. Yeah, there's, there's no consequences if they play it wrong, other than they just won't get back to the present. Yeah. They get back to the present. Nothing's changed. Like, no. th- they didn't mess up the universe. That would have been fun. They what's, get back. It's like... What's weird is that you would think it's that... It's like, like Back that to the would... Future 2, and it's like a dark dystopian future now. But here's the thing. They were famous in the 50s, so mm. that makes... They would know... Wouldn't th- there's two possibilities. Mm. Either they had always gone back in time, and they, that's one of the reasons why Barbie and the Rockers were so popular, is that they were from the 50s already. And, and, <laughs> and then everyone was like, age. Yeah, like, how did you not age? My God, that's incredible. Or uh, uh, they changed the time stream, and now everyone's really just confused. <laughs> you went back to the 50s. You changed everything. Everything. Music was was really weird. Like the Beatles got really new wave instead of not instead of being the Beatles. Led Zeppelin was like the equivalent of like 
like wham like (laughs) the scorpions yeah Yeah, like there's that would at least change the path of music wouldn't it you'd think if new wave suddenly hit in the late 50s kind of (laughs) bypassing 20 years of rock and roll it's like we had a new wave before there was an old wave yeah that's just a wave it's just wave the wave ktwv 98.3 oh it was 96.3 i totally forgot the fm dial for the wave we had a, we had a radio the, the station way, the, in america <laughs> called the wave in america well, in a, here, los here, here specifically in los angeles yeah. it was it was the easy listening jazz it was, wall it was 94, of keyboards. 94 7 94 7 94 7 okay. the wave yeah, it was all easy listening jazz there was a lot of like computer made music back mm-hmm. when that was still sort of a novelty it was always playing in my orthodontist's office when i was in high it was cool. it was made for elevators like yeah. that that was its audience was empty elevators so and, thanks Barbie and there there is a great romance to be written somewhere about a, a sentient elevator that falls in love with the music of the wave <laughs> and breaks free and becomes a musician shut up Ken. <laughs> I'm sorry, I can't concentrate on Barbie and the Rockers. There's not much to concentrate on. This is a two ep- this is two whole episodes, and we've done like pilots, one episode pilots, half hour pilots, mm. where stuff happened. Mm. She goes back in time, and the second episode. Okay, they, I saw this a couple of days ago. Second episode is a blur. Mm. The only they perform in a malt shop. The because, only thing so I re- she can wear the poodle skirt. She does wear the poodle skirt. Mm. I'm sure they sold a lot of those. The only line of dialogue I remember from the second half is like when they're doing their big concert and they need to like raise money to get all the jet fuel they need to get back into space and the little girl before the space program oh yeah Yeah. and a little girl uh, who's like the scientist's daughter who Barbie is vaguely bonded with Mm. says something to the effect of wow there are a lot of people out there and Barbie leans like you know gets down on one knee and says to her yes yes there are no just yes then there's a moment and then they cut to something else there was it's the well, biggest they, waste of time and, bit of dialogue i've the ever one, seen the one emotional moment that he bond, she bonds with this young girl she the gun girl doesn't have any conflict it's not like she's being bullied at school or no. like something is horrible in her life that she's needs fine something. she's fine but she bonds with barbie and barbie says well you know we're we're gonna have to leave now, and there's a, a kind of a sad moment. It's like, well, I I liked you, but you know, sayonara. And they get out, they get back in their spaceship, they play their rock tune, they get back to Earth, and then they perform a concert in sort of the epilogue where she gets to meet that girl as an adult. Mm. And and, and she, we get and to, that girl and, is fine, and the girl is fine, and she introduces Barbie to her daughter. So it's like. Vaguely, circle of life. You get Time the, just passed, really, but you know they're, I, they're trying to go for something. I get there. the impression that if this were like a movie, she'd go back in time and she would have some sort of romance with the scientist, and she'd become that girl's like kind of surrogate mom in some yeah. ways, and that would deepen that relationship. Mm-hmm. But no, or or the girl is at risk in some way, like she's mm-hmm. really sad, or she's you know her a parent just died, whatever it is, falling in with the wrong crowd. Yeah, yeah, she's something. Uh, she she just thinking started, about giving up the cello. Something she just started taking heroin whatever it is <laughs> she just started just so started so, so yeah still still chance to, to pull her back from the abyss and yeah barbie pulls her back from the abyss and when we go back to the present we learn that she is just as influential if not more influential than barbie mm-hmm. maybe you know and she's happy for the success of this woman or maybe they're rivals that would be fascinating wouldn't it yeah she created her own worst enemy with her own positive message that's that's way too thoughtful. That's way for, too thoughtful. Yeah. That's way too interesting for Barbie. Uh, l- at least this version of Barbie. This is a very boring. I, I know that like a lot of like straight to video stuff has mm. has fans. I haven't seen them. Maybe they're great. Mm. Uh, but this uh, show is boring as toast. An actress named Sharon Lewis played uh, the voice of Barbie. That's not Sherry Lewis of Sherry Lewis and Lamb Chop, no. but Sharon Lewis, who actually had um, a very l- relatively like limited career. She yeah. was in the Raccoons and Babar. Yeah, she she, yeah. she was she wasn't one of the like the the supporting cast. You know, you look up their filmographies and they're in mm. you know, hundreds of cartoons. But yeah, like the guy who played Ken, Michael Bonnier, mm. was in like Exo Squad mm. and Friday the Thirteenth Part Eight and Emily's Reasons Why Not. Yeah. He did stuff and and 
once you start getting gigs as a voice actor in the 1980s, you never stop getting gigs as a voice actor in the 1980s. There Even was a, when you beg a, them to stop. Like, I just want to pay off. No, I don't want to be in Street Sharks. There was a stable of maybe 80 voice actors that did everything you've ever seen from like 1980, like 1975. Might be exa- We're looking at 40. Um, I'm thinking like for that, the, yeah, maybe 40. 40 <laughs> 80 sounds might be about right. About 40 actors who did everything. And yeah. Yeah, so if they showed up in one, they showed up in a lot. So it's a little unusual that that Sharon Lewis didn't uh, do much else. Uh, Sharon Lewis was clearly directed not to have a a lot behind what she was saying. Mm. She had to be, like, affable and smiling in every line. She essentially had to be reading uh, ad copy. She sounded like Malibu Stacy from The Simpsons. Like, that was really on point Mm. when they gave Malibu Stacy a voice. They were doing this. Yeah. Uh, this these shows were uh, directed by uh, Bernard, and I hope I'm pronouncing this right. Bernard De Reese. Mm-hmm. Uh, he had a long career in animation. He worked on The Littles, Rainbow Bride, Mask, Jace, and the Wheeled Warriors. Oh boy, Mask! And, I, I dug the heck out of Mask when I was a kid. Mask had cool I, toys. I, I haven't gone back. I've <laughs> never watched the I'm show sure the, again. I'm sure the show sucks. Mask had cool toys. I've recently cool toys. rewatched the the movie for Rainbow Bright. Rainbow Bright and the Star Stealer. I saw I saw that as an adult. It's actually quite fun. Uh, I, there's a lot of things I really I really like about that. Uh, it was I, written, I watched that one back to back with the My Little Pony movie that came out around the same time, like maybe the same. Oh, year that My Little even. Pony movie is death. And and I they're now mixed in my head because I I was really no. tired. And I watched them back to back. No, so they're the, the same the, movie. The, the My Little Pony movie is just boring and innocuous. Rainbow Bright and the Star Stealer has like robot jet horses that like bust <laughs> castles with their face and like a weird crazy evil alien queen who like has a pet rock that she treats like a person mm. and has arguments with and you start really worrying about her. There's some fun bits in that movie. I would not tell anyone that movie was the nadir of the animation scene. Um, and also this uh, Barbie show was written by Martha Moran, who had a long career in animation. She wrote for Street Sharks. <laughs> she wrote for Captain Planet. Okay. And she wrote for oh, Cops. Fighting oh. crime in a future oh, what was time. It? Cent- Central Order of Police Specialists. Yeah. That or Central Organization of Police Specialists. That show was actually pretty cool. If you're not uh, familiar you with what? Cops C O P E C O P S, go to YouTube, just watch the opening credits. It's awesome. It's astonishing. It's it's, it's really a cool. Science fiction cop show. I actually have gone back to see COPS cops. Yeah. And it, it holds up strangely well. Imagine it's 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 a cop show. Imagine Hill Street Blues where every cop was some form of Robocop. It's and it's like and there's a lot of Dick Tracy in there because all the villains have like really weird exaggerated features. It's it's kind of cool. Like there's a mad scientist criminal and you can see his brain. It's really freaky. Um, If Barbie and the Rockers had lasted 100 episodes. (laughs) I would not have been surprised. Honestly, the way these shows keep going, like it, it, it would not have shocked me. It's so... I don't know what constitutes success in this type of show. They Sells all, toys. That's, that's it. That's it. If, if it, it keeps if they selling, keep toys, selling the toys, that's it. And that was the thing. Barbie and the Rockers would probably evolve. I imagine they do a couple of seasons of Barbie and the Rockers, mm. and then it would be the same show, but Barbie would get a new job, and it would be whatever their new version of the toy line was. Mm. Um, for me, though, what I, what I think about is I imagine the writer's room. If the show had gone to series, and they have to do a show where, I'm sorry, it just I don't know this for certain, but I, it seems like they went out of their way to avoid having any conflict whatsoever. Mm. Like, that was a mandate. Imagine writing a hundred episodes of no conflict cheerfulness. Yeah. Not My Little Pony had more conflict than this. Imagine that. And I'm imagining by the end, they're just like, no one's paying attention anymore. We're just going to get weirdly experimental. Episode 99 is just Barbie eating a salad. That's it. <laughs> we cut to commercial. She comes back. Croutons are gone, man. Where'd they go? She probably ate them. Audience might not know, right? Yes. Blows your freaking mind. Or, or they just get really daring in the storytelling. Barbie, I have a horrible news. The Rockers were killed in a bus accident. Oh no, what do I do? And she just is despondent. And that's and it ends that way. Shut up, Ken. <laughs> it's a terrible idea. We're not doing that. And, well, and then, of course, in the next episode, it turns out they're okay. No, what, what you do is, that's the pitch. And then the uh, executive producer, who has the answer to, mm. to Mattel... Comes back and says, okay, that's good. Okay, here's we got some notes. So here's what we're going to do. Uh, someone runs into the room and says, Barbie, the rockers are fine. And then we just have about 20 minutes to fill. <laughs> <laughs> that's it? We don't even hear that they're doing bad. And then it's like a really awkward Jarmouche-like conversation. So you guys, like, 
French toast. No, we we gave we gave it up. For, uh, okay. for, for Lent? No, it's May. no, no. We, we just we, we just gave we just don't we don't do that. Yeah, anymore. it's really eggy. eggy. It's got a lot of cholesterol. You, you want what? What was that? Nothing. No, what? no, that's fine. Nothing. Nice. Hey, hey, I got a catalog of. Shut up, Ken. <laughs> <laughs> hey guys, I learned how to juggle. Shut yeah, up, Ken. Ken. Uh oh, spaghettios. <laughs> Was Barbie and the Rockers canceled too soon? <laughs> oh, Lord, no. <laughs> I mean, more of this garbage. I was hoping but it would be weirder than it there were, was. There were it's shows so bland. There were shows I liked that are as bad as this. And, you know, I don't need more of that volume of this type of content. We grew up during a very dark time. And, uh, <laughs> um, a lot we of people did. feel like a lot of deep affection and we were really deeply familiar with and we fondly remember all of these shows. And they are all like the most cynical garbage you could hope to encounter. There are bright spots here and there. Uh, yeah. There's so much here content. And there. Some of them were pretty good. Most yeah, were may, shit. Maybe one in a hundred of them were kind of okay. Which leaves room for many. Yeah. Because <laughs> there were a lot of shows. And and it was it was it's so gross thinking like the origin like how fond we are of something like the Transformers when it really was just a commercial enterprise. There's yeah. no art, there's no idea, there's no thought going into these things. They're not trying to move kids with complex stories or interesting characters. They're not nope. trying to better us at all. They're yep. sucking out our money. Period. Pretty much. And we've internalized that in a lot of ways to the point where if you go to a movie like Ready Player One, which glorifies the cult, that cult commercial culture of the 1980s to an unbelievable degree, mm-hmm. where the good guy is a corporation and the bad guy is another corporation. Uh, and the only way to really ally yourself and find your moral ground in a, a, the world of Ready Player One is to ally yourself with the good corporation, not be you know, not rise up as a people, not mm-hmm. come up with an original idea, not just take down the system, just to uh, just to give money to the right corporate entity that wants to suck your soul a little bit differently than the other one. It it's it's really really sad <laughs> <laughs> that this is part of who we are. I blame Ronald Reagan, frankly. Well, yeah. Well, and 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 I'm, and I'm not just saying that idly. Reagan changed the laws. No, he literally so did. He, Reagan changed the laws so that that companies were allowed to do that. Were allowed to market a lot more aggressively to kids. There were laws against it until the Reagan administration. He came along. He changed those rules, and all of a sudden, we have generations of uh, well, a, a generation of kids who were raised in the 1980s that were just raised on this, unaware that there was other stuff out there. It's yeah, it's it's sad. It's sad to think what Barbie and the Rockers really represents. Anyway, next week on, on Cancel Too on Soon. On that depressing note. <laughs> next week on Cancel Too Soon, uh, we're doing a comedy show. Mm-hmm. This one was actually selected by one of the winners of our Cancel Too Soon Awards. Uh, uh, sweepstakes. That's right. Uh, we had a on our uh, second anniversary show mm-hmm. had our our annual awards show where we talked about all of the best and the worst of the the shows that we had covered previously throughout the year, and we allowed you to vote as to what your favorite episode of our show was. Mm-hmm. And those who uh, and uh, had their name, those who gave us their input, had their names put into a hat, and we drew out two names. That's right. And uh, the grand prize winner got to pick the show mm. for Cancelled Too Soon. And uh, our grand prize winner mm. picked a bit of a doozy. <laughs> and it actually hits us really close to home. Yep. Like, this is actually like really right up our alley. So we're super excited to review Hey Vern, It's Ernest. Which is also from Deke Entertainment. Uh, yeah, I didn't even in, notice that. Uh, it came out in 1988, back when Ernest had, was striding the world like a mighty colossus. And uh, people remember the movies, some of the movies. People remember maybe three or four of the movies. There mm-hmm. were like 11 of those suckers. Nobody cares about the later ones. Yeah, there's, okay, so there was, but uh, mixed uh, in there. Ernest goes to camp, uh-huh. Ernest saves, I'm not doing an order, Ernest saves Christmas, mm-hmm. Ernest scared stupid, Ernest goes to jail. Am mm-hmm. I missing one of the early ones? And Ernest rides again. That was the fifth theatrical release. No one remembers no, Ernest rides again. Ernest those like again. four people remember mm-hmm. very fondly, generally. And there was also uh, Dr. Otto and the Riddle of the Gloom Beam, Doesn't which count. had Ernest in it. Does not count. Uh, uh, it's not an official Ernest movie. Yeah, you know? Just like, Ernest is in it. If you were reviewing all. every Ernest movie, you'd have to put it in there, but mm. people don't think this is an Ernest movie. Um, so yeah, I was a big fan of those early films, and then for an earlier article you wrote years ago, you mm. watched all the Ernest movies. I watched movies. all the Ernest movies. And I watched movies. a few of the straight-to-video ones with you. Mm. They stopped being good. 
Yeah, real. I mean, they stopped being good in theaters. Wow. <laughs> they were they were taking a dive. Like Ernest goes to camp. It's cute. It's cute. Ernest saves Christmas is actually more solid than you'd think. I would actually argue it's a minor Christmas classic. Some people go back to it every year. I and, love it. Uh, yeah, it's really nice. Uh, Ernest so, Scared Stupid has a lot of fun stuff in it. It has good monsters. It has good That's bits. Kind of, and there are good bits. And in the Miak joke. The is The Miak joke will always be funny. <laughs> and Ernest and goes I like, to jail. Ernest goes to jail is like legit funny slapstick. I think There's it's, a, it's, it's pretty so pretty funny. Weird. It's really strange. He gets, like, he That's gets what I appreciate. Weird magnetic it. and electrical powers. Yeah, he he gets executed in an electric chair and gets electric power so he can fight his evil twin like it's really strange then and then after that pew, yeah, just like it's rock cliff. bottom but mixed into that booyah bays of Ernest uh, in 1988 there was a sitcom as well mm-hmm. and we'll talk about all about the origin of Ernest because we know all this crap yeah and like how he, how he came to be who Jim Varney is I'm super cetera, stoked I was a huge Jim Varney fan mm-hmm. loved him um, so I love this this is this is a really great suggestion, and I want to thank uh, R. Clay Johnson, who who won our big sweepstakes uh, for suggesting it. So mm-hmm. we'll get to that next week, and we have a whole bunch of other cool stuff planned uh, for the near future. Uh, the looks like the winner of the poll. I don't think it's too late to vote if you want to try to squeak mm-hmm. in a vote in. But our recent Patreon poll for one episode a month looks like worst week. Okay. Probably going to win that, but it's super close. It's super so like close, two so. votes could switch everything. Um, and we got VR five on that list. Oh my so god, we have so voting. much cool stuff on that list. So if you haven't voted, it's not too late. We haven't officially called it yet because it's super close. Um, and uh, again, thank you everybody. We're on patreoncom slash soon. That's cancel with one L. Uh, we uh, have our other podcast, Critically Acclaimed, which is over at the Schmoes No iTunes Network. Uh, we have the criticallyacclaimed.net website, mm-hmm. uh, which, again, you can sponsor content on through our Patreon. Or you can just go there to read our various articles, reviews, uh, see our videos, podcasts, everything. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, we really don't have any letters to speak of at the moment, at least not up at the top of my inbox. Mm-hmm. Uh, but don't forget, you can email us, canceltoosoon at gmail.com. Uh, if you have any ideas, suggestions, anything of that ilk. Um, and thank you again for listening we will see you next season. Oh, wait, no, stop, stop. I almost forgot. Barbie and the Rockers did kind of continue. Did it? Sort of. When Barbie and the Rockers did get picked up, <laughs> almost had you there, didn't I? I almost, I forgot. This is a very important bit. That's right. You forgot to mention this. Uh, Barbie and the Rockers didn't get picked up. I, and so the studio decided to take all their unused stuff for Barbie and the Rockers and make Maxie's World, an animated series about a girl named Maxie. A very who, Barbie-like character. Yeah, oh, yeah, yeah. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to play you like a little clip from it, and we're just going to go out on that. Okay. Thank you very much, and we'll see you next season.